Hello, trauma thrivers. Welcome. Uh, great to have you back, hopefully for another Thursday evening. Um, and do you know, we're ladies again tonight, Mel. Oh. So we're four ladies. So it, we're, this is an invite to any men in the Trauma Thrivers Facebook group or any men out there in general. If you'd like to come and sit on the sofa and join in our Thursday night lives, we'd be very welcome of you, wouldn't we, Mel? Very much so. But tonight, let's just say thank you to the ladies that we have got here. So thank you to Liz and to Lucy. I wondered if you wouldn't mind starting one of you just by introducing yourself a little bit and saying who you are. Yeah, I'll kick off. Um, so I'm Thank Liz you. Cashin and I'm really passionate about mental well-being. So I'm a mental well-being consultant, speaker, author, trainer, as well as a really deep passion of mine is around empowering women. Amazing. Thank you. Lucy? Yes, hello, um, and thank you so much for asking me to come on tonight. It's a real pleasure to be here. Um, so professionally, I am a psychotherapist in private practice, um, and my specialist field is addictive uh, behaviours. <clears throat> so I work with um, uh, I work with clients in my own private practice, but also I work with some uh, drug and alcohol agencies as well um, but I also hold groups um, and but personally I am a mother to a three-year-old and I'm nearly eight months pregnant as well so I'm ready to pop um, <laughs> and, and yeah and I've been so excited to come on tonight and you know talk about my own move into the plant medicine world and what that means and um, so yeah so kind of you know touching on the professional side of that as well so yeah very exciting. well we, we are Mel and I are delighted to have you both here and thank you and we're also really happy and I am to talk about a subject like drugs and spirituality and whether those drugs are, you know, plant medicine drugs or other drugs, mm -hmm. and just open up the conversation about it. Because, you know, above all, I would like Trauma Thrivers to be a place where we can discuss things and all have an open mind. And whether we agree or disagree, I think there are so many ways of healing and so many modalities that, quite frankly, in our Thursday night groups, everything is up for discussion and everything is open. And, you know, we bring to the party, don't we, all of our own experiences, us four sat here, of both drugs and spirituality and, and what we've been through. And I know in the hope that it's gonna help anybody out there that's listening to us or watching um, tonight, or maybe even watching it on replay, so if you are, or if you're listening to it on the podcast or on the YouTube channel, or you're coming back into the Trauma Thrivers Facebook group, maybe you can just put replay underneath or where you're listening to us from. And crikey, where, where, where to kick off? <laughs> where should we start? What do we start with? What, you know, why do we do drugs or... Why do we do drugs in the first place? Let's talk about drugs as in not plant medicine to start with, but maybe drugs. Liz, do you want to kick off with that one? Yes, I, I'd love to. And I, 
I'm just so delighted we're having this conversation, as you know, because for me, it's been such a key part of my journey to recovery from really major trauma, but nobody's really talking about it publicly. And I just wonder how many other people on this journey may be experiencing something similar and not knowing where to turn. So, so my own experience um, was in my early twenties, I had undiagnosed post-traumatic stress disorder from a trauma I'd experienced at school and no help at all to come to terms with it. it wasn't even a thing back then, as you know, back in the eighties and nineties. And one day somebody offered me ecstasy, a friend of mine from home when I was at university. And I'd been, I'd been a good girl up to this point. I'd really, uh, you know, I had an emotionally abusive alcoholic stepdad. So I'd had to be this good girl. And then I was away at uni, somebody's offered drugs but a police car started following us <laughs> and she I didn't know she had ecstasy in the car she broke it in two I said eat it now and I was like oh so I so I ate it and then you know what I I, I then I did like a, a prayer and actually I didn't know if I wanted to believe in God at that point you know this is the whole spirituality thing because I, I thought if, if there was a punishing God then I was going straight to hell so it was very complicated but I took this ecstasy and literally within a couple of minutes, I could feel my whole being changed. And that pain that I'd been living with just disappeared, you know, and suddenly I felt this connection. I felt love. And, you know, up to this point, I was so disconnected from myself, like majorly. And suddenly there was this connection. I felt so much love for my friends. You know, we got into the club. I felt so much love for everybody. Uh, I was talking to strangers. There was this bond that, you know, I'd never experienced before, as well as this sort of greater connection. I yeah. just I felt this ecstasy, you know, it's that's why it's called ecstasy. But it was like the sort of connections or something bigger than me. And I felt it through the music and through the conversations. And, and so I didn't want to stop taking it. You know, I became very mentally addictive addicted to it um, and took it for the next 10 years and wow. I was sort of taking it I was like living two lives so I was like getting off my head at the weekends and then going to work in the week once I'd left uni it, and there was this shame then attached to it this shame around taking drugs and yet when I took the drugs I felt so good I felt so connected you know it was it I just wish we'd been able to have these kinds of conversations because actually it's quite a classic um, response to PTSD. Yeah. Is to try and numb it through drugs yeah. or alcohol. But I had no idea back then. I just felt ashamed really. Yeah. But I yeah. felt so good and I felt so connected. So I had this yeah. sort of dis disconnect, but it, uh, but it was also giving me something as well. Yeah, totally. Wow. And, and what about you guys? Did you experience the same? Did the drugs take your pain away? Mel, I know that, yeah, you've, probably got quite a bit to say on this as well yeah and and I think you know not not too much that I I guess I haven't sort of said before in in other discussions that we've had but um it's really interesting what you're what you're saying is because I you know when I when I talk about my experience with with drugs and and when I'm talking specifically about different types of drugs that that I that I used um when I look back on my my kind of drug taking career, if you like, um, I recognize now that there were drugs that I used for different things. Um, and for me, um, 
my I always say this my I believe my first spiritual experience was was taking MDMA or ecstasy um you know I, I really see that and and I have the same when I when I took mushrooms and the same when I took acid um cocaine wasn't so much that for me but there was still an element of connection when I used cocaine because there was an element of having more confidence of being able to talk more and also of when I first started using it, that I was using it in company with people and it gave me a connection to those other people, right? And, and as you quite rightly said, Liz, you know, trauma is disconnect. Yeah, and, and that is that is the, you know, the underpinning thing of, of what happens when we are traumatized as children is that we disconnect from our authentic selves. So there is this constant quest, whether it's through drugs or alcohol or other behaviors, whether it's through relationships, codependency, whatever it is, there is this constant quest for connection. But the spiritual connection came for me definitely more through the psychedelics and the you know and the ecstasy and the MDMA for sure. Brilliant. Lucy, what what's your take on it? You know, uh, and we're talking generically about drugs at the moment, not kind of plant medicine. So yeah, yeah. And um, I I mean it's wonderful hearing both Liz and Mel talk about what your experiences are like because I relate to everything that you're saying and you know my my experience was um quite similar to to both of yours actually and um both both of my uh, choice of drugs was MDMA and cocaine uh, I mean it was alcohol to start with but obviously you know we're talking more about drugs and uh, on, on the, in this discussion but <clears throat> um and I was very similar to Liz in that I led this life of having like a quite a, 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 a corporate lifestyle working during the week and then the weekends I would be out using MDMA, using cocaine, drinking as well obviously with it too and you know and now I'm able to look back in hindsight having learned a lot about drugs and and also the, the connection to trauma and what we are attempting to do when, when we are taking these drugs. It was it was a it was a, a number of reasons why I took them um, and over my journey I've discovered it was one of the main ones was to not feel what I was feeling so there was a sense of numbing it out but also to, to feel connected as well and you know the more I've learned about drugs and their backgrounds even the synthetic types you know that there is you know when you think of cocaine obviously you know we probably don't get the purest form where we are in the UK but where it comes from the coca plant and you know the feminine and masculine energies when it comes to different you know we'll talk about this later I'm sure but you know learning more about that and what you're seeking when you're taking these drugs without even really consciously knowing that you're doing you're just seeking for love and connection um and that's you know it's really wonderful to now know that about my journey as well and it kind of removes some of the shame and the blame that is connected to getting addicted and, and having so many years of acting out in a certain way and behaving in certain ways and letting people down and hurting people that is all goes in that process of, of becoming either addicted or you know a heavy user so yeah, yeah it's uh yeah and and I you know listening to all three of you it's quite a lot internally going on for me as in the um you know I'd already become addicted to nicotine and 
people and alcohol by the point, this point. And I, I always thought it was a bit of a lucky escape in that by the time I got around a lot of drugs, which was when I was in radio in my kind of mid twenties, I'd already been sectioned being in those days labeled with psychosis because somebody had spiked me with LSD. So that was always my go-to from like 23, 24 going, I can't do drugs of any sort because if I do, I might end up back in a psychiatric hospital again, kind of sectioned. And so I, I actually managed to escape that bit because otherwise I'd have been exactly on the same, exactly down the same pathway because it was all around me, but I was just too terrified of it. So I, I, I mean, putting down alcohol is a drug, putting down nicotine is a drug, but putting down drug drugs, how did you guys do it? Yeah, well, for me, as I've, I've said before, for me, it was through a 12 step program um it was reaching a point where you know the the connection and the wasn't happening steam and everything that the that the drugs had given me had it they'd then taken away um you know I had crossed line after line after line with my drug taking and and had you know sort of hit a, a very very low point in my life that had come about because of my addiction. Um, and for me, you know, I tried rehabs. I was in psychiatric units. Um, you know, there were many attempts through various other lures we've discussed many a time through various other means um, for me to abstain and, and to stay abstinent. That, that was the, the real thing for me was the staying stop. Um, and for me, it was a combination of a 12-step fellowship um, along with some really kind of heavy duty trauma treatment. So, so what we're saying really is at certain points in our journey, maybe that what we're seeking to get away from or our spiritual experiences, or we're taking drugs to avoid actually catches up with us on some level. Liz, mm -hmm. was that your experience too? Definitely. I really resonated with what you said. I, I think my drug taking just escalated. I was taking, you know, cocaine, LSD, ketamine, um, marijuana, whatever, really. It was, I mean, I never went into heroin, thank God. I think I wouldn't be here um, today if I had, but I did enough of everything else. And, you know, my life was just a mess, really, in my late 20s. Uh, I was, I really had hit rock bottom. And actually, I had a car crash God. and I think it was looking back it was to me now it was a really clear sort of wake-up call from life it could you could call that a spiritual experience because I do think life was like right what are you doing what are you doing you know and I it really was like a crossroads metaphorically and literally literally um a black cab came out of a one-way street the wrong way so it was their their fault and I smashed into them but it, it gave me, I had to move outside of London for a few months to recover. And it sort of gave me a bit of space. And I thought, what, you know, what is life all about? I was asking those really big questions. Like, why was I born? Was it to, just to create misery, to be in this pain, to create misery for everyone else? You know, 
everything was at rock bottom. I, I just had to get a police injunction out against a boyfriend. You know, I mean, that was, I was in abusive relationships. And I just thought, if this is it, actually, I don't want to be here. You mm. know, and I was still carrying all the trauma, of course. And it, I don't know, just having that space, it was almost like my, um, my, my life force sort of kicked in, I think. And I thought, right, if I'm going to change, I need to move out of London. I need to get away because my whole life was built around clubbing yeah. and the friends I had were through clubbing. You know, all I did was go to work in between clubbing. You know, it was like a sort of inconvenience. And even that I was having more and more time off work. My yeah. weekends were getting longer and longer and, um, you know, it wasn't sustainable. So it, that was, it was that really the, the crash sort of forced me to really think about what I wanted. And then once I moved out, um, I did a course, a Dale Carnegie <laughs> sales training course, and I had to read how to win friends and influence people. And it said, think and act positively and you'll become positive. And it was the first time that I thought I had any sort of control over how I felt, how I acted. And it was sort of that that then set me on a motion to go traveling. I'll talk about that and let somebody else talk for now, but that was a whole other Amazing. Sort of awakening. Amazing. Lucy, what was your experience like at the end of you trying to find the answer through? through uh, very, very similar to both of uh, Mel and Liz. Um, in that, you know, the drugs and all of that lifestyle caught up with me. And it, and it is true, you know, the, the seeking of what the pleasure that we want from it are worth. I mean, I, I'll say I, because I was doing that. Um, it does start to turn on, on you. Um, and, and, that's, and that's also really interesting to hear, you know, you both saying that as well, because and I think we were talking about this the other day, Lou, when, you know, this kind of energy that we put into life, you know, when if we give it a certain, it depends on what motivation we're coming from when we're doing things. And when you start, you know, an energy is going into something that is negative and, and wanting more, more, more and greedy and cruel and all the things that go with when it, when you become addicted, that that's the kind of where it sort of starts to turn. And, um, and that was my experience in terms of, you know, how I felt in myself and how I was behaving and then the sort of things I was attracting into my life, uh, the relationships, um, who I was as a person, you know, it was changing me as a person. Um, I had a really good job in the city and I just became unreliable and I wasn't turning up. And as Liz was saying, you know, and the weekends get longer and then all of a sudden work just becomes this pain in the ass that, you you know, it's just even though it's paying for all these things as well. And yeah, so I ended up in, in rehab. Um, and, you know, very luckily I had a, a job where I had private health care that they were able to, to see me through it. And, you know, because I don't know what I would have done otherwise. Uh, and I don't know where I would be. Um, 12 step yeah. rehab program. Uh, same as Mel as well. Um, very uh, identified that a lot of my um, processes were in relation to my childhood trauma um, and you know doing some really heavy trauma work and you know the peer melody program and uh, the um, uh, the shame reduction stuff and um, lots and lots of sort of therapies thereafter um, and 
but also you know I do really think that it's that kind of classic rock bottom the same as Liz being in that car accident it's you know it's forced her into you know reevaluating her life and it was the same for me you know coming into rehab thinking it was the end of my life and yeah. actually you know realizing that this I've been given a new lease of life through that so yeah yeah, yeah. How much for all of you did spirituality play a part? And I'll, and I'll talk about me a bit afterwards as well, but how much did spirituality play a role in your healing journey and actually putting down the drugs? What was your connection then to something greater or your belief system? How did that start to shift and evolve for you really? Yeah, I just, um... I was thinking as I as I was talking, as, as everybody was talking here, that spirituality, without kind of really knowing it, had been a part of my life for quite a long time. Um, you know, I, I mean, at one point, and I think I've mentioned this before, you know, I trained to become a yoga instructor thinking that, you know, that would kind of solve all my problems and, you know, obviously didn't but so I was I was in touch with this idea of spirituality um and I remember I mean I, I also have this famous story about how I used to every Saturday morning I used to go and meditate for two hours at a Buddhist center and then come out and call my dealer um you know so again there was this idea of spirituality there and for me that there was I had a real moment um which was essentially the end of my of my using where I was sitting under a tree um, and it all sounds very like oh um, and, and <laughs> but it but this is how it happened for me I was sitting under a tree in Hyde Park um, I had been missing for I think probably three or four days I had police out looking looking for me I was on missing persons list and I was sitting there with uh, you know alcohol and drugs and suddenly this, this literally the sun as it is a bit now actually it came sort of this beam of sun came down onto me and I remember very this voice very clearly saying to me you know I, bearing in mind that I had probably spent the last couple of years before that not really caring if I'd lived or died and probably hoping for the latter most of the time this voice very clearly saying to me Melanie you want to live and you have a purpose go and find out what it is amazing and now like I get goosebumps yeah so it was so clear um and it was a real that was you know for me it was this moment of absolute clarity of knowing that I wanted to live and I had a purpose to fulfill. And for me, that is, you know, that was my my moment of, of, of spiritual awakening, really. Liz, I know you've got a few moments that are amazing <laughs> as well. Do you want to share, share those with us? Well, I wanted to bring in briefly as well how I'd rejected religion um, yes. most of my life because I was christened a Catholic and you know, I really thought there was this punishing God and that I was going to go to hell for what I'd done um, as a teenager. And so I rejected religion fiercely. I thought spirituality was all a load of rubbish, uh, was all for weirdos, you know, and all, all of this was was in my unconscious. And then I went to India. So uh, I was on a beach in South India and an amazing Dutch girl that I'd met offered me a Reiki session. 
and I'd literally like just gone into the, it's like the first month I think of, of being away I literally just stopped taking drugs um, and come away and um, I she I said well what is it and she said well it sounds a bit weird so if I give you a session and then I'll tell you what it is later you just have to lie down fully clothed and I thought you know what? I'm traveling I'm open to new ideas I'm in India so um, she didn't even put her hands on me but within an hour I felt like it was like these waves of bliss. That's the best way I can describe it. And I was lying there thinking, oh my gosh, I almost couldn't catch my breath because these wow. waves of bliss. And I thought, I haven't had drugs, you know, she's not even touching me. And my mind was trying to work it all out. And of course it couldn't. And, and then afterwards she was like, oh, this is um, a form of energy healing. It's ch channeling universal energy. And I thought, oh God, that sounds completely nuts. And yet, I'd had this profound, amazing experience that I couldn't deny. And actually, because I was so anti all of this, it was it made that experience more powerful because I, I didn't create it because I had no idea what it was when she offered it to me. So to me, that means it's sort of that pure experience. But what it did was just, I think looking back, if you know about energy centers, I think it was a, this Kundalini awakening uh, that I wasn't ready for that sort of blasted all my chakras wide open um, and set me on a, a completely different path which has led me here today but it really was I think out of everything the, the, the biggest sort of defining moment and that's really why I wanted to talk about it today because without that and the whole thing the path that that has set me on I really wouldn't be the person I am today and as happy as I am today. Can I just jump in, Luce, just, just on the back of what Liz is saying? I don't often share that much in these sessions because I'm normally asking the questions and the, the person that's asking the questions can't really ask them of themselves. But I just wanted to really identify with that, Liz, because without my, and it was labelled psychosis, and now I look back at, you know, what happened to me in that psychiatric unit as a real spiritual awakening for me. And it was the most profound moment I'm getting goosebumps about it even now and it's 30 years later and if that hadn't happened to me and I hadn't gone through that it would have completely changed everything that I've done with my life ever since and so the the visions that I had in my spiritual awakening were so helpful that they've kind of created this roadmap to give me the the courage or the, the tenacity or the spirit, if you like, of keep going through the process of recovery to get to a, I don't know, a bigger or a brighter or a different future that is more spiritual because it kind of gives, it gave me a mission. So I just want to say, uh, you know, I, 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 I didn't thank it at the time, but five years after it and for the last 25 years, I am so grateful that that happened to me. So grateful, you know, it, and it was the defining moment too of my life. But I must get that Reiki healers number in India because she sounds amazing. <laughs> Lucy, what about you? Spirituality and cause a big question, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you know, when I think about uh, during my days of using drugs and being in, you know, as they say, in the madness. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I 
even when I was kind of in, in between those sort of weekends of being off my face and being in work and, and being sober in between, um, I've always been, I've always seen myself as quite a, an open-minded, uh, connected, uh, spiritual person. Um, and so I've always been really kind of, I've loved things that, I've loved that side of the world, you know, but, you know, before I came into recovery and, you know, now I can look back and look at my drug taking experiences and, and recognize that there were times when I took psychedelics and, you know, I can see that what I was seeking was this connection with a higher state of consciousness or some kind of spirituality of my understanding or, you know, trying to work out, you know, this the meaning of life. And, you know, I got, I got a lot of that through the use of magic mushrooms um when I used to take them during those days and recreationally um obviously not realizing that that's what I was trying to do um but you know um in in recovery uh coming in through a 12-step program um I was very lucky that you know it is based on an understanding of a higher power and a spirituality and the kind of the god stuff isn't forced upon you if you don't want to sort of believe in a god it's a god of your understanding and that can be anything that you want and I was so grateful that that I came in you know that that was my my journey into recovery and over the time of being in recovery I you know discovered lots of different sort of spiritual paths through you know Reiki through yoga through meditation uh, you know and, and latterly you know what we're going to talk about now but um, it's it's been such a diverse journey for me I didn't have that bang moment you know where I've had that spiritual awakening I haven't had it but one thing that also uh, I realize as well that you know when we talk about connection with spirit and connection to spirituality that we also maybe don't give enough credit to it's through creativity as well and I've been a singer since I was able to talk and and I recognize that singing really gave me that it almost does send you into the I don't know if you any of you have seen that film uh, soul uh, that's out the Disney film uh, mm -hmm. they they talk about um you know when you kind of get lost in the moment um and that's what happens when you are a creative individual and you're either playing the piano or you're singing a song or you're you know you, you do you just get lost in a moment it's like you're in a different kind of high state of consciousness and and I realized that through my singing that that's been a a real spiritual path for me as well so you know it's not it's it's a combination of a lot of things yeah and, you know, there's a lot of people listening that maybe think, you know, spirituality is a big term and that, you know, I haven't got, a, you know, it has to be a God, as Liz was saying, or, but it, it is just a connection even to other people or a group of people. And that can be spiritual in and of itself, can't it? And just starting to think that there, there might be a higher self or a flow self or somebody in our adult very ventral vagal connected up place you know that's spiritual in and of itself isn't it so what do we think's the difference then between uh drugs and plant medicine what do we think's the difference between our taking drugs in the old days and saying now being open to plant medicine because you know, I'll get on to talk about this in a bit, but 
it's very much out there and in the zeitgeist at the moment. And there are so many clinical trials and so much research being opened up again, mm. you know, through Imperial College and King's and on psilocybin and on MDMA. And, you know, it's all coming back in. It's kind of, you know, that 60s banning it out and it, you know, being charlatans, if you had anything to do with it, it's now the research on it is looking really promising. And we can't ignore trauma greats in the field, like, I don't know, Bessel van der Kolk or Gabor Mate or whoever else, who are actually saying that the research and some of it looks promising. Mm. So I, I, I guess, yeah, let's start in what's the difference between taking drugs and drugs as it, and and plant medicine and the different ways that we look at both of those channels. Lucy, uh, maybe start. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to jump in if that's okay. Um, so um, from, from my experience and what I've learned so far in my, um, and I can talk a little bit more about my involvement in that stuff. Um, but in, in answer to your question, um, that, you know, when you think in, in my own personal experience, when I used to take drugs, in when I was in you know a lot younger and my motivation for taking drugs was was about you know it was recreational it was having party and it was having fun it was it was you know my attempt to almost not be myself and also also lose myself as well um and and so and you know and, and behave in ways that that wasn't who who I was and and I guess when I look back on my motivation that was going into using drugs back then it was it wasn't in a healing modality it was so that I could party and have fun and escape my life and yeah. as we said earlier numb out from the feelings <clears throat> get high um not have to be me um and not have to deal with what was going on in my head whereas when you know now having had experiences with plant medicine various different plant medicines um you know when when you go into that world you're going in with a completely different motivation the motivation is for healing purposes and it's not to sit and smoke a joint in your bedroom to 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 escape and to you know to to uh yeah escape essentially um and also when you when you're able to explore that world as well um you you find the right kind of container and what i mean by that is the type of place that you go to to experience these experiences are very much about it's structured you have someone who knows a lot about the plant medicines, they, where they come from, how they're cultivated, you know, all of those things, you know, what do we know anything about a bag of cocaine that we picked up from a, from a dodgy drug dealer down the road? We've no idea what was in it. You know, when you're going to do plant medicine and you're going to a reputable place, um, you will know the tribes that cultivated the medicines and, and all the energy that went into it and the blessing that goes into it before you have the medicine, um, the type of container that you're in as well and how they manage that process with the healing and the prayers that go into it and the care that's given to you and you know the it's such a different energy that is going into the plant medicine use it's nothing like 
that world and and also you know people kind of think oh you know I'm going to go and do ayahuasca and it's going to be wonderful and it's actually you know it might not be it, it you, you the expectation the expectation should be that I know I'm going to go and have to do the work this is doing the work in, in, a, in a plant, using plant medicine to assist that journey. So it's not sitting around a fire high on, on psilocybin and, and singing Kumbaya. You know, you, you, you go into these groups, whether it's a one-to-one -one or a group thing, and you work hard, you know, and it's, that's, that's the difference that, you know, if, I, if I'm gonna kind of try and summarize it, that, yeah, that's, that's the difference between the two. And I'd just like to say here, you know, I think that I, I don't have any personal experience with with plant medicine, but I'm, you know, remain very, very open minded to it. Um, and that's something that's quite new for me, because I think coming into recovery through a 12 step fellowship, mm -hmm. that is a very controversial um, thing, because, you know, to a lot of people that would mean relapse or that I was no longer abstinent. Right. But I what I, I kind of my my thinking the way that my thinking has changed is the research that i've done on pharmaceuticals and how we are so quick you know in the western world to pop a pill you know to give the the, the medication is this is this fix and and i i advocate medication if people need to be on it absolutely 100% but you know in a world where we are so quick to advocate the pharmaceutical we have all of these wonderful natural plants that essentially facilitate healing in a in a similar vein um, that is that are being completely ignored and I think that's where my thinking and my change around it and where I started to become more open-minded to this stuff yeah that's really Isn't interesting that? Mel thanks yeah. I'm, I'm similar to you Liz? I was going to say as well from from the taking the drugs when I used to take them, although I did feel some connection, it also actually um, fueled disconnection. It was like this paradox, really. It was like I'd have these fleeting moments of connection, but actually overall, it was making me more disconnected. And coming off the drugs, I'd have these massive come downs and then I'd need to take more drugs and all of that. But the plant medicine that I've sort of had, I know I did a shamanic workshop in Thailand and we had these sort of plant drops but there was that respect like you were saying Lucy it was all about um, really respecting them and, and blessing them and it was it was very much about healing and actually that fueled the connection there was no come down afterwards it was just that that connection remained so it was more that sort of what I was seeking through taking the other drugs those fleeting glimpses uh, that then disappeared and I'd, I'd need to sort of try and take more from the other way it was just that was it it was pure it was whole and in, in and of itself and there wasn't this sort of after effect of needing to have more it was just this sort of complete healing experience yeah and if anything to me what it sounds like is it pushes you more into looking at your stuff and dealing with your stuff and going towards it rather than escaping it <laughs> The actual plant medicine, you 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 are pushed into those darker aspects or those slightly scary, fearful elements. And I mean, I, I can relate in that. I think Liz, you might have helped me on this actually with a, a a contact of yours doing a cacao ceremony. 
So I thought of a while ago, it might be all right to do cacao because it's like hot chocolate. Now, my experience of cacao was I still shook and I still tremored like I would do in a trauma release. And the, the, the voices or the sounds that were coming out of my throat were really, really interesting. But it was hard work. There wasn't escape in it. I mean, I came out feeling like I'd shifted something or something had moved and certainly whatever the sound was sounded quite interesting. But I don't think we're avoiding um, because you're not numbing anything down or taking it away. But what comes up for me is, is there anybody it might not be good for? Because for example, at the beginning of your trauma healing journey or if you've just come out of addiction and you haven't done any work on lightening the body or going towards your trauma, or you can't sit with any emotion at all, is, is it a good idea then to go and do plant medicine? Because I, I, I would be erring on the side of caution saying, you need to be connected up to yourself a bit and have done quite a fair bit of work before you start going and doing that kind of um yeah experience I don't know what do you guys think uh, I I agree with you Lou because uh, personally I would not have uh, imagined or dreamt going anywhere near plant medicine um uh, you know because I <clears throat> I'm over sort of seven years in recovery myself and uh, I, I couldn't have been ready. Um, I hadn't expelled enough of my, my trauma that was in my body through uh, the various healing modalities that I've done before I found plant medicine. I wasn't mentally ready for it. it wa I wasn't emotionally ready for it. I, you know, the, even when I did sort of step into that world, um, there was still some trepidation because I'd come in from a 12-step um, you know, I'd been in the 12-step program and so there was obviously concern around that, you know, and um, which I can talk about a little bit more. But um, in terms of, you know, what you're saying, Lou, I think that, you know, it has to be, uh, if anyone is considering that, uh, I absolutely wouldn't think that it was right to go and do it before they've done quite a lot of work around uh, connecting back up to the body um, because you know, they, you know they, especially if there's trauma, severe trauma, there's trauma, any type of trauma, 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 trauma um, that has. We're just sound. Oh, can you not hear me? No, I can't think it's gone funny on all screens. Uh, okay, we're back. Yeah. We're back. It's gone. Sorry. Okay. Carry on, Lucy. Um, yeah, so, and, 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 you know, what it can do is re-traumatise someone if they're going to do it too soon um, and they haven't dealt with, you know, enough of their stuff enough, um, yeah. and, and given themselves a good foundation to then, because the plant medicine work can be really, really tough as well. Um, and also, you know, it's finding the right places to go to because they're not like advertised on big screens everywhere. Um, and, it's illegal uh, in it in most well, countries. I think it's only, is it legal in Portugal and Portugal. somewhere? 
Is that the only place? Portugal and a lot of people go to South America as well to have their experiences. But um, yeah, essentially, you know, or, or, you know, you can go to the Netherlands and it's, you can do truffles over there and, and preserve, they don't even, the, you know, the mushrooms aren't legal there anymore. It's only the, the truffles wow. um, that you can do now. So, um, so yeah, so obviously, you know, there, you need to bear that in mind as well. And, but, you know, in answer to what you were saying, I think people have to tread really carefully, you know, when they're, it's a very individual experience because it's really important to find someone who will do the integration um, really well as well. You know, you can't just turn up to a ceremony with severe trauma and take, you know, whatever it is, psilocybin, ayahuasca, whatever, um, and then just go along your merry way and everything's gonna be fine because for days and weeks after, there are things that, that come up as a result of it that you need to, to have had some basis of um, rec a recovery of some sort before you can even think about going into plant medicine world. Thank you for that. Liz, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I, I was just thinking, I, you know, I've done everything back to front, really. So I'm the sort of, I'm the, I'm the thing that shouldn't have worked, really. <laughs> because I, you know, I took drugs when I still had my trauma. I had my spiritual awakening when I still had my trauma. And I, I had the, um, you know, in Thailand had those drops when I, because my trauma was only diagnosed four years ago. So I was carrying it for over 30 years. So, so I'm really, it's a difficult one for me because would I advocate it for others? I, I totally hear everything you're saying and it being a safe space and everything like that. I've done everything and it not be a safe space and it's brought me to where I am today. But I'm not saying that that's been an easy journey and it, you know, maybe it could have gone horribly wrong in different parts. And that that's the thing for somebody else. It might not have worked. It might not have worked out. And I, you know, I was thrown into chaos uh so after some other things I would just throw myself into everything yeah. as soon as I realized that I there was a chance that I could you know be well and be happy I was doing everything and actually that was unsafe I was literally throwing myself into all sorts of courses and new experiences and 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 sometimes it would be like this explosion like wow this is amazing and then I have this massive crash afterwards and yeah. you know be in chaos for a long time so so although I'm, I've done everything wrong, um, I still managed to find a way through. Uh, but I totally hear what you're saying. It, you know, now that we know more and we can do it in a more of a safe and therapeutic way, then I totally advocate for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm only thinking that looking back at my spiritual awakening or my LSD spiking, you know, had I not been 24 or 25 or however old and really severely traumatised, it might have been a hell of a different experience for me. I mean, it was still amazing, but yeah, I think I think I suppose I would advocate in trauma thrivers, safety first, safety first. And the safety first is for the nervous system that's already been so dysregulated often for so much of our young lives that we have to learn, don't we, slowly, slowly to tolerate and titrate different energies in our body, um, you know, sometimes for a while until we feel adult or resourced enough to be able to manage it. Yeah. Well, I think this just highlights, you know, how everybody has their own journey. Yeah. 
And this is something that, you know, I, I talk about often as, you know, people will come to me and they'll say, well, what is the right thing for me to do? And I can't tell you that, you know, with all of my training and all of my personal experience, I can tell you what my experience has been. I can tell you what my professional knowledge is, but I can't necessarily tell you what's right for you. I can say, I can tell you. I can tell you if it feels addictive or a quick fix or you think you're going to escape something, don't do it. Exactly. And I think this is this is the this is what I'm really kind of getting the, the sort of nuggets that, that I'm getting here is this idea <clears throat> that, you know, are we doing it to escape or are we, you know, are we doing it to lose ourselves or are we doing it to find ourselves? Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think this is, this is the real difference here. You know, are we doing it to escape or are we doing it to heal? Um, are we doing it out of, you know, and this is one thing that I come back to all the time with my clients is, are we doing it because, punish ourselves or are we doing it because we love ourselves and I think for me you know the the safe finding the safety of going into something like plant medicine but for me personally would be I'm doing this from a place of loving myself not from a place of needing to punish and escape myself yeah 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 I love that (laughs) yeah yeah I, I would agree with that too. So any last thoughts, ladies, for anybody listening? Um, just from me, I would say, um, on the sort of, <clears throat> on the plant medicine side of things, that if anyone is considering, uh, is curious about it or wants to try that sort of, they're ready to take that next step in, in their journey um and they don't they don't really know you know how to go about it um you know i'm i'm very very happy for anyone to to contact me if they want to dm me around that side of stuff um but also i what i would say as a piece of advice is if you're going to to go and give it a go there are plant medicines that aren't psychoactive that you can start with <clears throat> you know lou you spoke earlier about having your cacao journey and what that was like for you these can be so powerful and you know you've got you can go to a drumming circle you know it's unbelievable what you can get from from the vibrations and the noise and the and the 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 group and the energy and everything you get from that or you can go and do uh you know a a breath work you can do holotropic breath work you know it uh, we have dimethyltryptoline which is dmt which is the same molecule which is in psilocybin which is in you know those the psychedelic uh, the 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 bufo and um you know all those uh, the, the the psychedelic uh, experiences that you have dimethyltryptyline is and our body has dmt and when we go into a breathwork session we and we're guided in a breathwork session <clears throat> and it's done properly you can reach a higher state of consciousness without taking psychedelics yeah. so there is that as well there's also cambo which is from a frog in the jungle that's not psychoactive but that works through your body to clear out energies and it's not a very pleasant experience you're going to throw up a lot um but it's absolutely what like the most incredible um experience i've had where i've connected with all different energy centers in my body that's not psychoactive um you've got happy tobacco which is used as well which is for the pineal gland and um, helping you with lucid dreaming and connecting to a higher state of consciousness there is so much 
that you can do to, to connect without using a psychoactive substance that might help you to lead you into your plant medicine journey for when you are ready to then maybe take that step with the ayahuascas, with the bufo, with the psilocybin. Um, I'm so glad that I've done my journey the way I have done because, you know, I, <clears throat> I still see myself as someone who's in recovery. Um, and that's my personal journey. I know I've gone into plant medicine, not with an intention of, as Mel said, losing myself. It's actually trying to find more out about myself and connect more and doing it from a loving place as well. So, and what Liz said about, you know, not feeling almost like not having that come down, not having the thoughts afterwards as like, oh my God, I've got to do that again. I must have more. It doesn't do that. You know, if anything, when I've done a ceremony, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not doing that for another <laughs> months to a year <laughs> because yeah. it's hard work you know and it's tiring and there's a lot that comes up and you need to integrate it you need to work through it and give it the respect that it deserves and give yourself time to heal from that experience and then maybe when you're called to it because they talk a lot about being called by the medicine as well which is when mine started to come about I started to see documentaries about ayahuasca and I started to really kind of it came into my vision just out of nowhere and I became really curious about it and that's when I started to do my research and you get called by the medicine you know before I'd done cambo I just saw green frogs everywhere and I was like why am I keep seeing green frogs you know it's wonderful it's that kind of spiritual stuff that you just start to become aware of um so yeah for anyone who's wanting to take those steps into the world into the plant medicine world i think it's a wonderful journey but you have to be ready and maybe consider non-psychoactive ones before you go into the kind of you know the kind of ones that we talk people talk a lot about you know in the southern part of america and yeah, yeah those ones so okay. but, yeah that's what i would say so with that in mind and with it becoming you know more mainstream and more out there and obviously you know more researched and microdosing and everything else so it's coming into the public consciousness where do we think that we all are in terms of our own personal and professional development working in mental health or spiritual development or where where do you see your careers and stuff heading in terms of yeah, plant medicine or spirituality or cacao journeys even. Lucy, we pretty much know that you're you're in this for the long haul now. Would you say that's the case? Yeah, absolutely. I um, <clears throat> I really I've been working with a, a plant medicine a teacher who is based in Los Angeles, and I've learned a lot about the background of. Um, psilocybin and how it was used by the Mayans and you know for we just we don't know enough about it you know and um, also um, you know Hape tobacco and um, Sananga I don't know if that's one that anyone's heard of it goes in the eyes and it's just <laughs> unbelievable also not psychoactive but um, 
I'm, I'm really, really interested in, in the long run, I'd love to do a PhD in the study of plant medicine. There are ones available that I've heard yeah. people doing on the study of ayahuasca. And, and Well, there's MAs, aren't there, in psycho psychedelic psychotherapy now. And, and you know, the, the whole realm of bringing it much more into the mental health field and, and integrating it with a, with a psychotherapeutic background as well. Absolutely. And on that note as well, you know, I because I've done my training with this teacher in Los Angeles, I have been sitting with people with psilocybin um, and journeying with them, not myself, but, you know, I've had obviously my own journeys, but, um, you know, they come and journey in a safe place where they know that someone has, uh, you know, got a very uh, knowledgeable background of it. Um, and, um, <clears throat> you know, that's been a wonderful experience to, to be able to hold space for other people um, and for them to journey with very moderate doses of psilocybin, nothing crazy, um, but also um, learning about microdosing and the benefits of microdosing, microdosing psilocybin. So um, in, in the long run, you know, I don't know how things will alter in terms of the legalities around it, um, but I absolutely um, want to be involved more on a professional side of things because I do think it's, it's going to, it's the way forward. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, I hear you. Girls, what do you both think about it and, and where you want to go professionally next and all the rest of it? Liz, what are your thoughts? Well, for me, I'm more on the spirituality side rather than, I know we've sort of dug deeper into the plant medicine um, in this session, but for me, you know, I've always had this sort of spirituality and then my business, and actually what I'm doing is bringing it all together and, uh, and being more sort of vocal about that, because I think it's about who are we being and, you know, using those practices that I use to tap into something greater than me, as well as the values like compassion, um, things like that, that I, I consider to be part of my spirituality it, because it's sort of transformed me into a much more compassionate being. So for me, it's bringing all that together, um, especially working with women. So I'm starting to create this network of women who are all, um, what do they, what's it say? The unstoppable force of heart-led women on a mission. I love Amazing. that. Amazing, <laughs> love that too. Yeah. But women who are, you know, using spirituality themselves in their businesses in whatever that means to them. Yeah. So that's that's where my business is evolving. Great. And Mel, do you want to add something in there? I mean, I just want to say, you know, I think spirituality is, you know, as we've said, it's just such a big um, and I think we could break it down into probably about 10 of these sessions. Right? Um, and I, for, for me, first, first and foremost, you know, what I encourage in my profession is, is to teach people about spiritual principles um, that they you know. And it's something obviously that I've learned a lot through being in a 12 step program, um, which is, you know, like you said, Liz, honesty, compassion, open mindedness, willingness being of service, you know, all of those things, that's all spirituality. That's all, you know, living life according to the goodness in us. And also I teach yoga nidra, you know, that is something, yoga nidra is a practice that I am 
so passionate about. I have seen amazing results. Um, and it's a really embodied practice that has this incredible spiritual side to it as well. Um, you know, I encourage rest. You know, rest is such a spiritual practice too. Um, medit- any sort of form of meditation. Um, but for me, I see spirituality mainly as connection to self. Um, you know, there is obviously the connection to something greater to the universe that I totally believe in and I'm on board with every day and I practice that in my life every day. But for me, it starts with connection to self. And, and that is what I teach. And that is what I advocate. I would love to have my own journey with plant medicine. And that's definitely something, Lucy, that I'm going to connect with you about more after this, um, before I even start to advocate it or talk to my clients about it. But, um, you know, for me, it, it is about finding that connection. Yeah, lovely. Well, I think on that note, we're coming up to the hour and I just want to say massive thank you to all of you again for joining us in the group and on the podcast and on YouTube. And I hope this has been really useful to those of you that are tuning in and watching. And I hope you've got loads out of it and any comments, please leave them underneath or any questions. Mel, have we got any questions at the moment in the live feed? No questions, a, a couple of comments, um, but but no, nothing that we that we need to answer. But yeah, I'm sure that there will be some when people watch this, that I'm sure there will be loads of questions that people have. So ask away, we will come into the group and we will answer them. So we always love to hear from you all. Yeah. Thanks everybody and have a lovely rest of the day and We'll see you next week, same time. All right. Bye, everyone. And thanks, ladies, so much. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.